Hello and welcome to Murder in the Boardroom. I'm Helen Saxton and I'll be bringing you an eclectic mix of episodes, all connected in some way with my business of delivering unique team building experiences through interactive murder mystery challenges. I'll be covering a range of subjects, sometimes my thoughts on a particular personal experience, sometimes a nostalgic look back at my childhood influences and of course some current advice and comment on how to get the best out of your team. The theme of the murder mystery will always be present, as you will discover. And we're kicking off this week with our episode one, Murder in the Boardroom. This is a story of how solving a mystery together can help improve team efficiency. A little background. On a mission is dead. Hugh Dunnett, our very own enthusiastic yet overworked private investigator, has been tasked with putting together a team to help him solve the murder. Now our victim, we know, is on a mission. She was the CEO at Valves R Us, a successful engineering firm. The suspects consist of Phil Mapockets, the financial director at Valves R Us, Rob Dovjob, a disgruntled ex-employee, and Henny Questions, the HR manager at Valves R Us. Hughes Helpers. They're a team of co-workers, consisting of a group whose diverse working methods have caused tension and friction in the past. They have a history of struggling to work together efficiently, and are planning to improve team cohesion by taking on this challenge. Chapter 1. Observation and Active Listening The body of On a Mission, successful and driven CEO at Valves R Us, has been discovered on the floor of her boardroom. She was discovered by Antique, the elderly cleaner who arrives at around 6am every day. Hugh explains the importance of observing and actively listening so as to effectively gather as much information as possible at this initial stage. The team decides to put their diverse strengths to good use and allocate each member a different role. Some choose to read the witness statement and some choose to investigate the crime scene looking for visual clues. Some search the area while some document what has already been discovered. Team members with an inquisitive nature can flourish at this point. The witness statement reveals the following. Well, I clocked in as usual and popped my head round Mrs Mission's office door as I always do. She must arrive at 5.30am every morning to get here before me. Well, there was no answer today, but I did notice that glass door in her room had a big crack in it as if so someone had kicked it in. What a level of violence. A crime of passion, if you ask me. Of course, then I spotted her on the floor. Oh, it was terrible. A morning latte spilt everywhere. I did see her computer screen, researching something about ancestry, I think. Well, I remember thinking that was an odd thing to be looking at so early in the morning. I couldn't see what had happened to start with, but then then I saw the pool of blood by her head. Spurred on by Hugh, the teams put their observational skills to good use and after a thorough search of the crime scene, discover and document the following evidence. Business bank statements showing unusually large transactions. A CV and covering letter applying for an HR position. A photo of a baby, screwed up and discarded. One of Honours Business Award statues, covered in blood. Job application rejection letters and gambling slips. Termination of employment document, signed by Honour. Some members of the team are forming ideas already, reacting to clues with a gut reaction as to what happened to Honour. Others prefer a less emotional and more methodical approach, preferring to gather every single piece of evidence before reaching a decision. 
This is where a team member with good coordination skills can help create a cohesive team. Some take charge, while others prefer to take a back seat. Most importantly, they are beginning to understand that none of these approaches are right or wrong, and that by pooling their resources, they are ensuring that no stone goes unturned. The next logical step is to interrogate the suspects, says Hugh. In this phase, observing the interaction between the characters, being alert to body language, and picking up on non-verbal clues is essential. After all, suspects in a murder investigation are unlikely to be telling you the whole truth. Top tip, embrace diverse skills within your team to create flow rather than friction. Hugh reminds them that the gathering of specific facts through interrogation or interview of the suspects is, in, is crucial. Active listening is a skill which comes into play here rather than just passively hearing the answers they are given. Fully concentrating on what is being said and then responding with open questions is the key to success. This is what they learnt. Henny questions. Oh, believe me, I would have left here long ago if I could. I've tried everything. She was vindictive, and all she ever wanted was to get her own way, no matter who she hurt in the process. Robbed of job. She's got no art, that woman. No feelings or emotion at all. What, she never got carried away with something before? I was going through a rough patch. Even my early morning jogs didn't help, but no, she couldn't see her way to helping me at all. No wonder she has no family or friends. Fill my pockets. She was a dreadful boss. No support for me when I needed it. Oh, no. And the pay was terrible. As soon as there's a whiff of trouble, all she cares about is the reputation of her stupid company. To think I always used to fetch her coffee for her, too. Top tip. Asking open questions such as, please tell me more about the last conversation you had with the victim, rather than, did you know the victim, will create an open and effective dialogue. Chapter 2. Analytical and Lateral Thinking Right, says Hugh, let's get down to business. The teams have been very effective in gleaning lots of information, but it's not much use to them unless they can successfully collate and analyse it. Focusing on facts and evidence helps to eliminate the red herrings and extract key information. Logically analysing will help them see the wood for the trees. Some members of the team are more efficient at this approach and it is decided that they will look at areas such as timelines, hard facts and forensic evidence. Others prefer a more lateral approach. Using an indirect and creative approach to assess the facts will bring up some fascinating solutions. They can avoid stereotypical patterns of thought, maintain an open mind and delay judgement until all of the evidence has been evaluated. There are others with a more emotional approach who like to work on a gut feeling and are convinced that they know who the culprit is on a hunch. Top tip, team members who are skilled in monitoring and evaluating alongside those who are creative and imaginative work well together on this task. Chapter 3. Communication and Collaboration Throughout the whole process, communication has been key. Some members of the team have discovered information which others may have missed, clues can be appearing from all angles, and the teams have been working hard to communicate openly and effectively within the team. Time's running out. I think the next step is to come up with a solution based on all the evidence you've gathered so far, says Hugh. Sharing information and recognising and listening to the contributions of others is an effective and collaborative way of coming to a mutually agreeable solution. No member of the team should feel that their ideas, thoughts and opinions are not valid. 
By now, the teams will have built up a level of trust which allows every member to voice their opinion without fear of being laughed at or penalised. Functioning effectively as part of a team by agreeing on a plan of action, working hard to fulfil the obligation of solving this murder and giving recognition and respect to each other makes for a strong and effective team. Top tip. Systematic, assertive and creative team members are a very effective combination to ensure a truly collaborative conclusion. Each team member comes up with some great ideas and a hypothesis as to who murdered on a mission. Well, I think it was Phil. I didn't like the way he looked at me when he spoke to me. I just think he looks dodgy. Well, to back that up, I wonder if that bank statement had anything to do with it. I mean, if Phil has money problems, he might even have been embezzling money. Perhaps Henny and Rob were in it together. Reading between the lines, they seemed fairly keen on each other when we spoke to them, and they both had a strong motive. They could have been planning a takeover. Well, Henny is definitely suspicious, although I agree that Phil has a strong motive. Perhaps Henny was really annoyed at being passed over for a job, so she hit out. Rob may well have a gambling problem, judging by the evidence. But did anyone notice when he mentioned getting up early? He didn't make much of it, but it might be relevant, and he seemed a bit cagey. Yes, you're right, but Phil also said he was used to bring her coffee to her in the morning, and Anne said she'd spilt it everywhere. Well, let's put this together. Rob had lost his job, was in money trouble, and seemed the most passionate about Honor's behaviour. What about him being adopted and, and Honor's web history? We've agreed that we think it was a crime of passion. Chapter 4. The Denouement. Here comes the fun part, says Hugh. Finding out if your theories are correct. So, it seems that Honour was not well liked at Valves or Us. Despite her brilliance in business, she had a mean streak, which saw her continually sabotaging Henny's efforts at leaving and progressing her career elsewhere. She was often passed over for promotion, and Honour even went so far as to give her a dreadful fake reference following a recent attempt to leave. However, it seems that Phil was equally cross with Honour, an entirely different reason. He has very expensive tastes, far above what he can afford on his low salary, and has run up huge debts. Unfortunately, he took to embezzling company funds. Honour found out, of course, and threatened to go to the police unless he repaid all of the money. However, neither of these two is the killer. Rob, who used to work in sales for Honour, was recently given the sack for continually missing his targets. In fact, he'd developed an online gambling addiction and was using company time to play online games, leading to a decline in his efficiency. However, Rob housed another secret, as did Honour. Rob was adopted, having been given away at birth by a mother who didn't want him. After much searching, he discovered that his mother was no other than Honour. Expecting a joyful reunion, Rob was bitterly disappointed when Honour wanted nothing to do with him. A fit of rage came over him, and we all know the rest. So, our team did exceptionally well and unmasked the killer as Rob Dovjob, the gambling long-lost son of Honour Mission. Embracing their diverse talents and putting to good use their skills in observation, communication, active listening and lateral thinking, they worked methodically, creatively and, most importantly, collaboratively to come to a conclusion as a happy, cohesive and effective team. I hope you enjoyed listening. For more information, visit www.charadery.co.uk or find us on Twitter, LinkedIn or Facebook. Written and produced by me, Helen Saxton of Charadery, with music from www.purple-planet.com. <laughs> <laughs>